0: All of these stories are much more than stories. They aren't fables or fiction. They're pieces of something real, something bigger, fragments of a masterpiece. A plan not only from long ago and far away, but also for right here and right now. Everything that's ever happened is piecing perfectly together into one grand design picture of God's love and his plan for us. Hello, RCC. So good to see all of you, whether you're here at one of our campuses. Welcome to all of you, and welcome to all of you who are watching online. It's great to have you with us. If we have not had a chance to meet, my name is Matt, by the way, and I am thrilled to be here. Again, I'm really happy to be here because two weeks ago in Kentucky, we had a foot of snow on the ground. So I know you think it's been cold here. Just just be grateful for what you got. I'm thrilled to be down here in your cool weather the last few days. Um, and I'm also excited to be here because what we're going to be talking about today Have you ever had one of those moments where you knew you were holding information that somebody else didn't have yet, but when they got it, it was going to rock their world and hopefully in a really good way? If you're a mom, you can relate to this because you remember the moment as a mom where you realized that you were pregnant and he didn't know yet. And you had to, you know, you got the chance to break the news to dad and you just knew the minute you told dad it was going to turn his world upside down, hopefully in a great way remember what that feeling was like and that anticipation that excitement you just knew you had something that was so important or uh, for any of us guys who have proposed uh, I didn't say get married because we might have had to propose two or three times but at least propose right for all of us guys who proposed we know what this is like because we had in our minds you know in the back of our minds we knew when we were going to do it and how we were going to do it but she didn't know and you just knew man the minute that I tell her the minute I drop on a knee the minute we do all this it's just gonna It's going to rock our world, you know? It's going to rock her world if she says yes. It's going to rock my world if she says no. But either way, it's going to rock our world. You remember what that felt like? There's something really uh, fun. There's something exciting about going, you know what? I've got something. I can't wait to share it with them because the minute they hear this, it's going to make everything better. Well, it's kind of how I feel about today, to be honest with you. What I want to do today is this. I just want to tell you up front, there's no hidden agenda here, okay? What I want to do today is for all of us, whether you consider yourself a follower of Jesus or not, a Christian or not, for all of us, my goal is, and this is gonna be a bit naive, but my goal is that when we finish, for the rest of your life, you will be able to explain and understand in simple terms what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship with Jesus, where whether you believe or not, you at least can articulate and understand Well, this is what it means when they talk about having a relationship with God that's real and personal. And I said that's a bit of a naive goal because what are the odds you're going to remember this for the rest of your life? But I'm going to try to distill it down in a way that's just so simple and so easy for you to understand that you really can hold on to it for the rest of your lives. But I'm going to do that by taking us to a passage of Scripture that's actually a pretty complex, somewhat complicated passage of Scripture And I'll just tell you that up front because if we get to the end of this today and you walk out and you're confused and you go, that didn't make sense and I didn't fully understand, it's not your fault, okay? It's my fault. So you can blame that entirely on me. But the passage is found in a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to Christians in the city of Rome. And I always find this a bit unique because Paul had always wanted to go to Rome and meet these Christians. He'd never been able to go, at least not to that point. If you know much about... Paul's history, or church history, you know that he eventually made it to Rome, but not like he thought. He made it to Rome in chains and ended up in a Roman prison cell. But he got there eventually and he met them. At this point he had never met them, but he wanted to help them understand this message that I hope you walk out of here understanding. This message is at the very core of what it means to follow Jesus. It's at the very core of Christianity. He wanted them to understand, "Oh my goodness, this is what is available to you and this is what your heavenly Father has done for you." So, Here's what I want to do. I want to read the entire segment at once. And it's a bit complicated, so hang with me because afterwards we'll come back and we'll talk through it word by word, phrase by phrase, and try to make sense of it. Okay, so here's what Paul wrote. He said this, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness from God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. And this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. He goes on. He says, there's no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Can you imagine sitting there reading this and thinking to yourself, what is he talking about? Because that's what most of us think. Is I mean, if, if you understand this completely and you got it all figured out, well, great, you can wrap up early. You're done. But for the rest of us that get lost in the middle of all this, all these big words and religious or theological terms, Let's walk back through it because there is some incredible, incredibly helpful and quite honestly life-changing information right here for you and for me. So let's start back at the beginning. Here's what Paul wrote. He said, but now. Now he's writing to these Christians in the city of Rome and basically saying to them, wait a minute, you've never known this. Up to this point, you hadn't realized it, but I have some brand new information for you. There's something that's happened And you don't fully understand the implications of it for your life, but it's going to be really, really important for you. The way that you have thought this worked, the old way, if you will, well, it's not been working. I've got brand new information. I've got a brand new way. You say, well, wait a minute. What's this old way he's talking about? Well, here's the comparison he's going to make. He says, but now, apart from the law. Now, when he refers to the law, what he's referring to are the Jewish scriptures. We call them the Old Testament. And you may think immediately of the Ten Commandments when you hear the word law. If you grew up in church, that's probably what comes to mind. But there were way more than ten commandments. There were 613 different commandments or 613 different laws that the Jewish people, as they practiced Judaism, they believed, okay, well, I've got to keep all of these laws in order to have God's favor, in order to have God's approval, which is, as you could imagine, next impossible. Well, nobody could do it. But this sounds really similar to what we do today, isn't it? We're not much different because there is something in all of us, isn't there, that thinks, okay, well, if I'm good enough and I treat people well enough and I work hard enough and I live, you know, morally enough, then maybe I'm going to be good with God and maybe he's going to be okay with me. And maybe when I meet him one day, he'll say, come on in, you know, everything will be fine. There's something in us that just feels like we've got to live up to some standard. There are only a couple of problems with that. One is, you know this, you won't even need to write this down. You can't live up to the standard perfectly, can you? Neither can I. None of us have the ability to actually live up to it. Now forget all 613 laws. Let's just talk about the big 10, the 10 commandments. I mean, I haven't been able to keep all 10 perfectly. You probably can't even name all 10, much less keep all 10. It's my job to at least know all 10 of them, you know? So if this is the only way To be in a position where we feel like everything's good between us and God, we don't have much hope. But this is the other problem with trying to earn God's favor through following the law. That's not what he ever intended for us to do. The law was not designed as a tool to help us have a good relationship with God, a relationship with him that's personal. The law wasn't designed to do that because God knew we weren't capable of doing that. The law was designed just to simply make us aware of the fact that we couldn't do it. The law was designed to help us see there is a standard. And we all know internally there's a standard we ought to live up to. Well, there's a standard, but we haven't been good enough to keep it. And this is what Paul is trying to help these Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians in the city of Rome understand. He's going, okay, listen, you've been trying to to live good enough, to live up to the standard well enough that you feel like God's good with you. But now, apart from that standard, apart from that law, There's a different way. He says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness, and I want to pause right here again. This is one of those words you hear in church, right? We don't use it a whole lot outside of church. What does righteousness mean? Righteousness simply means to have a right standing with God. That's all it means. Anytime you see it in the New Testament, this word righteousness, just think right standing with God. It means everything is good between you and God. And Paul's going, okay, there is a way apart from trying to keep the law perfectly for you to have a right standing with God. There's a way for everything to be good. you know what it feels like when everything's good between you and an individual? There's no junk there, is there? There's no mess, there's no tension. When you see them across, you know, the aisle in the grocery store, you see them, you know, down a couple rows at a ball game, you don't have this inner tension that wells up inside of you and you want to duck down another aisle or you want to, you know, turn your head, you know, duck your head and not look. Now, when everything's good between you and another person, it's just free, isn't it? It's open. It's like, hey, how you know, you're perfectly comfortable with them. And this is what the Apostle Paul is getting at. Do not miss this. Because for some of you, you've never felt like this was possible for you. But I'm telling you, the Apostle Paul would say it's absolutely possible. You can have a relationship with God where everything is good between the two of you to the point that you feel perfectly comfortable with God. There is no tension. There's no wondering, well, wonder what he thinks about me. Have I been good enough? Wonder if he's going to bring up. No, no, no. But the way you get that is not by living well enough or by meeting the standard on your own. The way you get that is not by behaving good enough. And this is the Apostle Paul's point. This is what he wanted everyone to understand about following Jesus. He says, but now, apart from the law, this righteousness, this right standing with God from God, do not miss these next two words, not from you, not from your good behavior, from God. Okay, so let's, let's just pause and have a little quiz here, all right? I want everybody to play along and answer out loud. I'm going to ask you a question. The answer is two words, okay? And the two words are highlighted on the TV. You're going to ace this quiz. For some of you, congratulations. You can put this down, your first hundred. So here we go. Where does a right standing with God come from? It's Yeah, it's from God. Let's do that one more time. And if you're watching online, play along with us, okay? Unless it's real awkward because there are people around you who aren't watching. But anyway, here we go. Where's the right stand with God come from? It comes, that's it. It comes from God. This is so important to understand because that means it does not come from you, your effort, your behavior, your good works, how many times you come to church, you're serving, you know, I'm giving, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, okay. All of that has a purpose and a place. But the purpose and place of all of those activities has nothing to do with getting a right standing with God. The Apostle Paul says, no. But now, apart from the law, apart from trying to live up to the standard, this righteousness or right standing with God, what's from God, and he says, it has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. Now, he's referring back to the Jewish scriptures again. He's saying, okay, it's always been in the Jewish scriptures. Everything pointed to this is how you have a right standing with God, but y'all got it confused over the years. You know, our ancestors thought, oh, I got to live a certain way and behave a certain way, and if I don't give this sacrifice or do this thing, the Apostle Paul said, you just got it mixed up. But, but it's known now. It's obvious now. It's clear now. Why is it so clear now? Well, because of this. He says this righteousness or this right standing with God is given through faith, and anytime you see the word faith, you can think trust, okay? It's given through faith or trust in Jesus Christ to all, all includes you, to all who believe or who trust. This is incredible news. The Apostle Paul says the reason it's so known now, the reason it's so clear now is because God showed up on this earth in the form of Jesus and he cleared up the confusion for us. He didn't send another messenger, and he didn't send another message. He just showed up, and he cleared up all of the confusion for you and for me so that it would be so obvious now that a right standing with God does not come from anything I do. No, it comes from God, and it comes through faith or trust that I put in Jesus and what he did for me, and it's available to everyone. It's available to all, which means it's available to to me. Now, the Apostle Paul knew that for the people he was writing to, this was a brand new concept, particularly this part about it being for all. It is not how they thought. It is not how they had related to people. It was not how they had operated for centuries and centuries and centuries. And so he doubles back on this to try to make it crystal clear. Here's what he writes next. He says, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Now, let me just ask you, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to figure this out. Why do you think he had to write, there is no difference between a Jew and a Gentile? Yeah, because they all believed there was a difference between a Jew and a Gentile. The Jewish people, they wouldn't set foot in the home of a Gentile. They wouldn't shake the hand of a Gentile. They wouldn't sit down and have a meal with a Gentile. They were certain there was a big difference between them and the Gentile or non-Jewish people. They were certain they were God's favorites. They were certain they were God's people. They were certain they were far closer to God and they had a right standing with God simply because of their race. And all these non-Jewish people, they did not. And most of the Jews believed they could not. They could not ever have a relationship with God, not at least the way they had a relationship. And now the Apostle Paul, who is himself a Jew, is writing and he's going, I want to make it clear to you, Jesus, he obliterated this racial tension, this racial divide that's existed for centuries. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. To put it into our terminology today, there is no difference in how a church person gets a right standing with God and how somebody who is nowhere close to being a church person gets a right standing with God. They both get a right standing the same way. There's no difference between how a religious person and an irreligious person, a moral person and an immoral person. The person who's behaved well and the person who hasn't. Doesn't matter. You you pick your division. There is no difference in how you and how I get a right standing with God. The playing field has been leveled. And the reason it's been leveled, the apostle Paul says, is because of this. For all, well, that's you and me, for all Jew and Gentile for all church person not church person Christian not Christian grew up in church never set foot in church for all have sinned You know what it means to sin? You sin any time you act in a way that is not loving towards God or towards people God loves. Let me say that again. You sin every time you act in a way that is not loving towards God or towards the people God created that he loves. You sin every time you act in a way that is out of line with God's design for you. You sin every time you act in a way where you miss the mark of the standard that God has set for us to love one another the way he has loved us. So the Apostle Paul says, now that you understand that, do you see why the playing field is leveled? For all have sinned. You've missed the mark, and you've missed the mark, and you've missed the mark, and I've missed the mark. All have sinned. And he says, all fall short of the glory or the standard of God. And this is exactly why you can't have a right standing with God by living up to the standard. Because none of us have lived up to the standard. We've all fallen short. And once you fall short of perfection, is there anything you can possibly do to ever make up for what you messed up and reach perfection again? No. Once you're imperfect, you're always imperfect. This is not like in school where you made, you know, an 80 on that test, but then they gave you enough bonus points throughout the year that you ended up with an average of 100. No, no, no. In this case, once you're imperfect, you're always imperfect. So the Apostle Paul says, if you're trying to behave your way into a right standing with God, if you're asking yourself, well, how good is good enough? Well, the answer to that is perfect. And unless you're perfect, that road's not going to get you into a right standing with God because all have sinned and all fall short of the glory or the standard of God. Now, if you grew up in church, if you grew up in church, you have heard this before. Here's the thing, though, for most of us. We grew up in churches where we heard this, and then they treated it like there was a period at the end of the sentence right there. And that was it. It's like, hey, you're a sinner. All of sin fall short of the glory of God. Tough luck. Feel bad about it. But the Apostle Paul didn't put a period here. And this is where the good news comes in. The Apostle Paul put a comma. He said, and all, that's you and me, all are justified. What does it mean to be justified? Well, it means God is offering to wipe the slate, wipe the record clean of all of our sins. To be justified in simple terms means God is willing to do something in you and for you so it's as if you have never sinned before. You say, whoa, What do I have to do to get my record wiped clean? I mean, surely the price is pretty high for that. Well, yes, but it's not high for you because all are justified, the Apostle Paul says, freely. You're justified freely. It's free to you. It wasn't free to Jesus. We're about to get to that, but it's absolutely free to you. God's made this so simple, so easy that anyone can experience it. Nobody's got an advantage over somebody else. All of us have the ability to be justified, to have our record wiped clean freely by His grace. Well, if you're thinking, I don't deserve for God to write my record clean, well, you're absolutely right. And that's exactly why the Apostle Paul said it's by His grace, because grace is simply receiving something you don't deserve. And that's exactly what God is offering us all, something we don't deserve. We can all be justified freely by His grace. And here's how it happens. Through the redemption that came, by Christ Jesus. Redemption, that's another word we don't use too often in our culture today. You hear it more in church. What does redemption mean? Because the Apostle Paul is referring to the death and resurrection of Jesus here. But how, how did that redeem us? Well, I want you to think of it this way. Let's say that uh, tomorrow you're driving and you get a speeding ticket, okay? Whenever you break a law in our country, and we'll just talk about this, this small law. Whenever you break a law in our country, you were you speeding. What you have done, the minute you break that law and you are caught, you have created a debt debtor relationship between you and the government. That's what you've done. There is now a debt that you owe the local government and you have to pay that debt in the form of a speeding fine. They give you a ticket as a tangible expression of the debt that's been created. You broke a law. You broke one of our laws, and because of that, there's now a debt that you owe us because we were the ones who instituted the law. You broke our law. Now there's an issue between us, and you've got to make it right. And the only way you make it right is you write a check, and you send in 100 bucks, 150 bucks, you know, whatever the, the speeding fine is in your community. That's what you got to do. Now, here's what's interesting, though, about your local government. Here's what I know is true of them. Even though there is a debt-debtor relationship, there's been a debt created between the two of you. And there's a debt that must be paid. They do not care who pays the debt. Isn't that true? They don't care. You can write the check and send it in. But you know what? If I come along and say, I'm going to write the check and send it in for you, they're fine with that too. As long as the debt gets paid, they're all good. This is what the Apostle Paul is referring to when he talks about redemption. Whenever that debt gets paid, it's been redeemed. Everything's been taken care of. You are free now from the debt that you have. There's no longer a debt-debtor relationship. And the Apostle Paul says, this is exactly why Jesus showed up on this earth. Because when you sin and when I sin, we create a debt-debtor relationship between us and God. God was the one who initiated the laws. We broke the laws. Now there's a debt-debtor relationship between us. Now we owe God something. The problem was what we owed God was so big, we couldn't pay the debt. Because again, once you're imperfect, you can't make up for being imperfect by being more perfect in order to land it perfect. It doesn't work that way. So, what happened instead is that Jesus showed up and he died on a cross to pay the debt of your sin and your sin and your sin and your sin and my sin. He showed up to redeem us when we could not redeem ourselves. He showed up to free us when we could not free ourselves. He paid the debt we couldn't pay. And he, three days later, he rose from the grave. And now we know we can trust everything he said, including the fact that he promised he paid for our sins. We can trust everything he said because he rose from the dead. That was all the evidence that we need to believe that what he said is true. Now, why did the Apostle Paul write all of this? Because he wants you and me to understand one simple truth. And this is the one thing if you've checked out, you know, lean back in for just a minute. Because this is the one thing, if you don't remember anything else today, I hope you remember this. This, this is at the core of Christianity. This is at the core of what it means to have a relationship with Jesus that is real and personal. If you've ever wondered what's it really mean to have a personal relationship with God, what's it really mean to follow Jesus? What do I need to know? What do I need to do? This is it in a nutshell. Are you ready? A right standing with God comes from God through faith in Jesus. This is all you need to know. That a right standing with God, you can have one where everything's good between you and God, but it doesn't come from you and your behavior and your good works and showing up at church and doing those nice deeds and, you know, trying to do more good things than bad in your life. No, no, no. A right standing with God comes from God, is a gift of grace from Him. And it comes to you through faith or trust in Jesus. What do I have to do to get right standing with God? Put my trust in Jesus. Stop trusting me and what I'm doing and how good I am to make everything good between me and God. Give up on that plan. Stop trying to be good enough. Stop trying to earn it. And just trust what Jesus has already done for me. That's all you have to do and that's all I have to do have a relationship with God where we know beyond a shadow of a doubt everything is good between us. So, as we wrap up, let me talk to two different groups of you because I think this one truth, this one idea, it lands in a couple of different places, okay? First of all, for some of you, this is the first time, and this is part of why I'm so excited to talk about this today. This is the first time for some of you in your entire life that it's Ever been this easy, this simple, where you've understood it? And maybe you've heard this before, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't clicked. And yet today, it's clicked. And you're going, oh, I get it. I get it. Because you've been trying to earn your way into God's good graces. You've been on the, well, yeah, I believe in God, or I believe in Jesus, and I, and you start talking about all the things you do, because you think somehow that's going to put you into a right standing with God. And today you realize you can give up all that. You're not trying to earn your way into a relationship with him. He's offering it freely if you'll just trust him. And for some of you, today is a day where you're ready to begin to follow Jesus, where you're ready to step across that line and say, okay, I'm done trusting me. I want everything to be good between me and God, so I'm willing to accept what Jesus did for me. I just just believe that's all it takes. For some of you, this is the first time you've heard this. For some of you, listen, You have grown up in church, and because you have lived a life that is so, quote-unquote, churchy, so religious, you know, you've been involved, you've been around it. You've always thought, well, I think I'm probably good, but if somebody pins you down and how do you know everything's good between you and God? Well, you knew deep down inside you didn't have 100% confidence and certainty. Well, you can have it. And in just a minute, I want to encourage you, right where you are, to simply say, Jesus, I'm putting my trust in you and you alone to have a right standing with God. Now, quickly, before we wrap up, there's another group of you where I think this lands. It's those of us who are already followers of Jesus. You're, you're part of this incredible church. But listen, I just want you to understand, this is why we do everything we do here at RCC. It's why we invite. It's why we serve. It's why we give. It's why we keep trying to create space and create opportunities and experiences for people to hear this message because this message changes everything for somebody. There's not a a more important message in the world that somebody can hear. Everybody wants to get to the end of their day, lay their head on their pillow at night, and know that everything's good between them and God. And you do realize that the vast majority of people in our communities, they don't have that certainty at night. They're not so sure. In some cases, they're certain they don't have that. And they don't realize they can and they won't know they can unless we do what God has called and gifted us to do. So let's keep making sure people understand this message. And let's make sure if you, if you're not certain when you lay your head on your pillow at night that everything's good between you and God. Well, why not just put your trust solely in him and then you don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to try to earn it. Now the good you do, the serving you do, the giving you do, well that's coming out of a heart of gratitude and that's coming out of a heart of love because of how loved you are. Not because you're trying to earn something or deserve something. Would you choose to accept the right standing with God that comes from God, not from you, through your faith and trust in Jesus? If you want to do that today, I want to invite you to tell God that right now. Let's pray together. Would you just in your heart and in your mind say, God, I'm done trusting myself. I don't want to keep trying to earn my way into your favor. Thank you for offering me a right standing with you. And I choose to accept it simply by putting my trust in Jesus' death and resurrection for me. Thank you for offering it to me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making me part of your family. Father, we are so excited for the people who are making that decision right now. And God, this is is the message that we wish everyone in our communities would know, that they really can go to bed at night with a confidence that everything is good between them and you. Not because of what they have done, but because of what Jesus has already done for us. So would you help us to care enough and to love enough our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates, that we'll help them to understand this message. That we'll help them to know they have a God who really does love them this much. it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I want you to know that if you made the decision today to begin following Jesus, to put your trust in Him for the first time, We would have loved to know about that. We'd love to help answer any questions you have. So if you're at one of our campuses, you can stop at the gallery on your way out and just let them know you prayed that prayer, Matt asked you to pray. Or you can put on your uh, Connect card that you have. If you're watching online, you can fill out the Connect card in the RCC app and let us know that way as well. Thank you guys so much for being here. We will see you next week. Y'all have a great week.